0: Coming up on this episode, the early 1980s was 1980 to 1983. And this was a decade that tried to erase the wildness of the 70s. After a generation of hippies came something that didn't look quite like them. We'll discuss this in decades. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining us for Decades. I'm Karen. And I'm Regina. And we are going to take you on a journey back in time and television. So where are we going to take them today? 1980, Ronald Reagan was president. Girl, all I remember is that mom and dad did not like him. And something about trickle-down economics not really working for us. Right, right. Well, also in 1980s Rock With You by Michael Jackson. Yes, girl. That's when he was like wearing the gloves and and doing the moonwalk. Oh yeah, that was just like mind-blowing for us. Right? And celebrate good times, come on. That's right. Cool in the, the gang, baby. Everybody yes. liked this song. Yes, and the top TV shows we had the Jeffersons and Different Strokes, Facts of Life, and one of our favorite shows all time, Laverne and Shirley. Oh my God, I love Laverne and Shirley so much because they were just young women working some. Blue collar, regular job. They weren't like superstars or anything like that. And they were so hilarious. I agree. They was absolutely hilarious. That was one of our most favorite shows. And I do not know why we like that show. Because <laughs> they were just portraying just regular women. Just, you know, regular women trying to make, you know, whatever they needed to make out of, out of life. And most of the time it ended up being just, some of the most ridiculous shenanigans, and it was just great. And in movies, boy, this started back, I remember when it started, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, they've been the same since. <laughs> you say that. Jason ruined Friday the 13th for everybody, because now it just has a totally different meaning. I know, when fr- when the 13th falls on a Friday, everybody be like, oh, oh. Yep. 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 Terrified. Absolutely terrified. But the other thing that started 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Indiana, And and don't don't be texting me, telling me, I know he's an imperialist. I get it. I get it. But I just love that story. I just love the adventure of it all. The going to see stuff. I love that. It was adventurous. That I remember that being one of those movies that you didn't know what was going to happen next. Like, where is he going? What is he looking for? And just the fact that he was 40 years old at the time. Oh, right. And now he's. I think they're about to make another one. And I'm thinking, woo, dude, it's time to bring a son or something in there with him, son, or daughter or something. Yeah, well, they did one where he had a son and I believe it was him, his son, and Sean Connery as his dad. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. And that one was really cute, you know? And so maybe that's kind of what they're going to do. Something maybe where they come back and they honor Sean, who's dead. And they go try to find the blue eye on the statue in the middle of Booma in blah, blah. Yeah, it's always something totally ridiculous that they going to dig up. But listen, I'm gonna watch it. I, I'm gonna watch it. I'm going. He could be 175 years old. He gonna put on that hat, he gonna get that little whip and put them cargo pants on or whatever you, you go back then. And listen, he going and I'm be right there with him saying, oh Indy, don't fall and break your hip, because I know you like 85 that. but I'm gonna watch. Maybe they'll have a robotic hip for him by the end. <laughs> it's the help that makes him, let him jump up to whatever it is he's going to. Yep, and fight people. That's okay, because I'm going to wait for it to stream whenever, whenever it come out. Well, I can't wait to get to the movies. I'm going to watch it. Another thing that happened in the 80s that was sort of life-changing, and we think we're the beginning of it, but y'all have taken it to a whole new level. Pac-Man came out. Remember, video game was released in nineteen. Changed everything, girls. Pac-Man came out, and that's when you would have to go to the corner store because they would have Pac-Man video game machine. Pac-Man, Face Invaders, Centipede. Centipede. I love Centipede, Centipede. Centipede. And you'd be standing in line with your quarter.
1: You know, like remember you put
0: your little quarter up there to say I'm next. I got next. I got next. And there would be people that would spend hours at the corner store playing video games. Yep. Like that's what's up. See these kids today, they ain't gonna never know the joy of walking to the corner store and putting your quarter up on there to let them know you next and just waiting your turn. They ain't gonna know that. Right, right. And they get to sit home and practice, you know, trying to do the game. You had you had one turn, and you had That's to spend it. a quarter to do it. That's it. That's as That's good it. as you was going to get. That's it. And then you try to see who initials was at the top, because you wanted to beat that person. Like, okay, right. who is SLM? Okay, I'm going to beat them today. I'm going to beat them. You running over to the counter, give me four quarters for my dot. Because I got to, oh, yeah. They, y'all don't know the joy. Y'all don't know the joy of putting the quarter in the machine and hearing that Oh, see, yep. you kids missed that. But yeah, Pac-Man, listen, Pac-Man changed the game. Like parents didn't have to beg you to walk to the store. Now you was walking to the store and you was gonna stay in Everything there would go sour life. before you get back home. You get That's home right. after dark. <laughs> right? Cause you down there holding the bread and the eggs and the whatever. You know, put your quarter up there yeah yeah that was you know, good stuff good stuff one of the top tv shows and, from the 1980s and this was one of my favorite shows magnum pr yeah it was starring tom Selleck, john hillerman uh roger e mosley and larry manetti 158 episodes, eight seasons. And this was the adventures of a Hawaii, of a private eye who was based in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. So what was it about Magnum that you just loved? I thought it was okay. I mean, I like looking at top selling, but what was it? Well, it was the the fact that, I mean, most of the time when you had these private eyes, these were guys who were like, you know, like from those, film noirs these guys had on the trench coats and the hats and they were mm. very serious about going out to solve whatever this was and you know tom had like a baseball hat because he loved the detroit tigers he had a big d on it and he walked around in a hawaiian shirt and shorts and he was just kind of like well I think we should do this." And you know, he would make mistakes, but he was like this kind of like fun, lovable kind of guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I never really, like I said, it was okay. And the other thing that was really cool is he had somebody on there who looked like me. Okay. Like Roger, you know, Roger was the helicopter, he owned a helicopter business where he took people on tours. And so you you had this guy who had this amazing skill that not just everybody had. Mm-hmm. And he could take his skill when he wasn't like, you know, touring people around the islands and just kind of like use it to help Thomas out. You okay. know, because they had all been like, they had all been buddies in Vietnam. And this was, of course, was closer to when actual Vietnam was. And so- it was oh. really, it was really interesting in that. But what they've done now is because they brought the series back,
1: you know, in mm-hmm. one of
0: those remakes, and they flipped some stuff. That's really kind of cool. So what did they do? Well, one of the things they do is they made Magnum. Um, well, it's Jay Hernandez playing him, and so you have a guy who is Latino playing the main character. Oh, all right right then, all and right. And the person who was sort of like the, the person who always rubbed Thomas the wrong way was, you know, in the old show, it was a, a guy from England who was the person who kind of oversee the estate that Thomas was living on. But here in the current series, it's a woman. Okay. And she still has some of the same things, except they've given us a little bit more story. In in the current one, you know, it's like we know these guys all work together and uh, they all met each other during the war. But we get to hear more about the details of the war versus, you know, I guess the 80s was still a little too close to Vietnam. So they could just say Vietnam, but they couldn't really talk about what mm-hmm. Vietnam really was. And they do a lot more of this with the current Magnum. But the other thing that they did, which was really kind of neat, is. With the Higgins character, who's now played by a woman, they talk about her uh, MI6 role and how she used to be a British... You know, she used to work for the British Secret Service. So it's kind of like, oh, wow. And again, they brought in a brother who looked like me. He gets to play TC. Mm-hmm. But they also brought in more people who are actually like, who look like they from the islands. And so, oh, so... To have good. people who are like you know like one of the main housekeepers she's she um she looks Hawaiian she might not be Hawaiian I, I didn't check on Amy Hill to see where she was actually from uh, but they also have a police detective who is um who's Asian and so you have you know way more diversity in this cast and in the way that they do the show now isn't that something though that they were filming Hawaii. Uh, uh, Magnum P.I., and there was like one minority in it back in that, Right, and it wasn't even a minority. (laughs) Right, as if there's nobody on this whole island that could come and help Magnum, and yeah, that's that's real interesting, to say the least. And you know, the other, the big difference also that I see between the two shows is, you know, like... The original Magnum gave us a glimpse of what Hawaii looks like. Mm-hmm. This current show, I mean, they show you the beautiful landscape of Hawaii. I mean, it's almost like one of them tourist shows. Like you, you want to go here, and let me tell you, <laughs> this is why. It's lots of, you know, it's lots of drone shots of the. It's just like beautiful, absolutely beautiful. That is so cool. Okay, Magnum. Okay, so. I think one of the things that that stood out for me in the 80s, and it didn't really hit me until years later, was that Sandra Day O'Connor was nominated to the Supreme Court in 81. Right? I know. And now, as a female practicing law, I'm like, it took all these years to 1981 for a woman to get to the Supreme Court. So all these, however many years this country been around, Supreme Court been around, there's only been like white men until Thurgood Marshall got on the, the court and then more white men. And then finally, in 1980, a woman. Yes. That's like, we should be embarrassed. be hey, we, we, we should fight
1: be to get a woman on there
0: had to fight to get a woman on there. Like, wow, people. And I'm still waiting for a Black woman to make their way to the Supreme Court. Here in in 2021, I'm still yet holding on for a sister to become part of the Supremes. Yes. The ultimate Supremes. Yes. Okay, so... One of the things that I want you to think about is during the 80s, there was a series of shows that came along that created families like Give Me a Break, Different Strokes, Webster, Facts of Life. People of color became members of these families, which is a really big thing that they included us. But they were still stuck in these stereotypes, you know? Yeah. yeah. They were like little poor kids. Or yeah. there was the maid or the caretaker coming yeah. in. And so yeah. there were still these, I mean, we, we we made it. We was happy. And it's kind of like what um, Hattie McDaniel said, I'd rather play a maid than be a maid. And so yeah. <laughs> I'll go play the maid on this show because <laughs> I'm going to make a whole lot more money than if I am a maid. <laughs> And that's so that's so true, but you're so right. It was this whole stereotype of let's be the white savior and save these little black children. And of course, at the time, we were just glad to see black people on TV, like Webster and different strokes. But then you get the facts of life, and it was just encouraging to see Tootie. Shout out Kim Fields be this little black girl from a well-to-do family at a private school. Like she wasn't there on no scholarship or cause she could run track or play basketball. She was there because she had a very well-to-do family. She was well-to-do and that was an environment she was comfortable in. And I thought, okay, all right, go, go to it. You know, I never thought that I would end up at a private school, but I just thought, that's pretty cool for them to showcase that in the midst of all these shows about, OK, you know, let's go be white saviors and save these these kids. I mean, we like the shows because, they, you know, they was funny and we got to see black people every week. Right. Right. Because, you know what? We got to see them. And, you know, another shout out to those uh, story creators, because when they brought the rough girl in from the hood, she did not look like us. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the life it was yes. Joe was the yes. white girl from New York. Who you yes. the scholarship? Yes. And so shout out on that. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly breaking molds. Slowly breaking molds. But you know what? Another mold that they broke in the 80s was the whole police show. You know, we yeah. had the manixes and the Cannons and all them other folks. But baby, yeah. when they brought out that Hill Street Blues. Yes. Remember that? That changed how... That changed what the police looked like altogether. It was like, wow. It was very gritty. And sometimes the lines were a little blurred, you know? Yes, yes. A little bit more like reality. Yes, yes. Because when you think of Mannix or Cannon or all those people, all those 70s shows, the cop was always the good guy, always the good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, never once thought of crossing the line, you know, and everybody thought they were just great, they could be trusted, they wouldn't plant drugs on you. Every, You know, it was <laughs> well, you know, come on, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I mean, we have been saying this stuff, but they thought was, we was lying. Yeah, I mean, they were portrayed very much as the heroes of the community, even if that wasn't 100% true, especially during the 60s when there was so much turmoil about war and race and all of that, but cops on TV were still portrayed as pillars of the community. Not saying some aren't, but that's not the full story. But then you get the Hill Street blues and you're like, "Woo, eh, okay. Change the landscape, changed the landscape. Totally. Totally. Another show that changed the landscape. And um a lot of shows came after. It was that Sally Jesse Raphael. When totally she started doing them talk shows. shows, and everybody started everybody wanted a talk show then. Everybody's like, ooh, i want to get me a talk show. So I Listen. can just sit here and talk to people's. Right. And I'm sure because Phil Donahue was on probably Right At that time, but he was more news, current affairs, serious right. issues. And then Sally Jesse came out with, you know, your baby sit daddy had talk. two heads. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to sit there and talk. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fight or... This ain't about the news. This this is about <laughs> let me entertain you with some of these people's stories. Yeah, it was about bring your dirt on in here, and we gonna talk about it and put it on TV. And listen, we was here for that. We was here for to sit and to watch people make fools of themselves and tell all their business. And let me tell you, the best part of talk shows in the '80s was they would go out and have the audience ask questions. Yes. Yes, because, you know, somebody had to say, now, did you really think that was a good idea? Oh, people would just be saying whatever they want from the from the audience. I have a question, Sally. I have a question. Oh, you just be like, "Ooh, this is to be good. So, yeah, we watch train wrecks on TV. Now, of course, we just read the train wrecks on social media, but it's the same thing. Right, right. Uh, most people post they, post their train wrecks in video on social media. Yeah, yeah. you ain't even got to work anymore. Thing. Right? Same thing. Another cool invention from the 80s, or I say invention, it's not invention. MTV. Man. Changed listen.
1: everything.
0: Changed listen. everything. Listen, that was back when not everybody had cable. It was like, you know, only certain people with, you know, the money could have cable. The rest of us had them little five channels. and You had to go to somebody's house to watch cable, but MTV was what was up. Uh, And it wasn't a bunch of us on there. I mean, you know what? Michael kicked that door open on that one. That whole Billie Jean, remember that Billie Jean video? Yes, yes. But let me tell you, Michael Jackson changed the whole video game with Thriller. Yes, he did. Thriller. Thriller. I mean, yes. that was like a musical movie thing. And it was just the absolute I mean, you was just astonished by all the things he did. Yep. And that, just that one video. That and, and that one video. video you he cha- like, he totally to changed the game. Like he took that song. And you were just like, "Wow, you own that album, didn't you, Gina? You had that Thriller album." I sure did. I had Off the Wall and Thriller. Sure did. Mm-hmm. And then all across the world, kids start trying to do Thriller in the talent shows. I remember in high school, I know, the talent show. Everybody had and that little red jacket, that child, and they dress up in that makeup and they do the dance, the Thriller dance. Dun 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 everybody did that he was like yeah he broke the mold with that and I mean watching it on MTV was just the greatest thing I, I do miss being able to watch music videos on MTV that was just like the best thing you would just sit there and they would have like the whole section yeah like the yeah. R&B section and you just sit because you know what else 1983 Prince 1999 Baby, listen. Let me tell you about Prince. We gonna Ooh, party like woo. Yeah, woo, woo. 1999, baby. And you know what? It's so weird though. Back in the 80s, 1999 seemed like the real end of the world. Yep, it was forever away, but we wasn't there yet. Yeah, it was like oh, we are gonna party like the world's ended, like it's 1999. Yeah. That was that was it. That was it. Music, music was like, music had started taking on its whole its own like persona, you know. Yeah, it became something that was really big. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like in theatrical kind of like thriller yeah. and like nineteen ninety nine. I mean, Prince, woo baby. Yeah, yeah, it took on life of its own, which was great. It wasn't just what you listened to on the radio in the car. Or, cause most, you know, radio was big. Everybody listened to the radio, waiting for your song to come on. Are you calling in the radio, requesting your song, waiting to hear it? Or I'd like to dedicate 1999 to, you know, that stuff we did. And then, bam, we got videos now. Right? I agree, I agree. Now, movies... We did not make a big impact in movies, but there was a bunch of movies during that time. There was very few of us in them, but that's okay. There was some of us in them, but you know, it was few and far between. But the one movie I do remember Mm -hmm. from that time period, it was that Risky Business. Remember that with Tom Cruise? Yes. Yes. I do remember Tom Cruise. I very much do and him dancing in his underwear yep, yep i remember that and e.t oh man e.t blew the world apart remember the e.t that was just the big movie everybody had to go see that Ooh. and this is what it took like i mean when these movies came out in the theater back in the day they would take years before it came on to what they call cable because see cable really hadn't been in existence Mm -hmm. and so you would wait for years for something to actually come on television Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like but this was back during a time when everything was very curated there were certain people who decided what was seen where when who and how and as you can see during this time it wasn't a lot of us they decided what stories would be told (laughs) it was all Mm -hmm. just kind of like okay but you could see the beginnings of them just kind of like kicking in that door saying, hey, let's try something different. Right, right. But listen, one thing that did come out in the early 80s was trading places with Eddie Murphy. You that Eddie Murphy, woo! Man, he was so incredibly funny. Yeah, but you know, Eddie had started, well, I mean, I can't say started, but Eddie had had a really good run on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, you know, when he was doing buckwheat and <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been shot. <laughs> and then he gets in traded places and we just lost our collective minds because he was so funny. Right. And there wasn't anything out there like him. It's not like, you know, he had a whole bunch of other folks, you know, competing with him at that level because. There was nobody else like him at that level who yeah. looked like us. Yeah. And and to have a black person in that star and role, a young black man like Eddie Murphy, baby, we ate, we ate trading places up. Him and Nick Nolte, hilarious. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was this was good, these early 80s. Now we want to leave you with this. A few men in a few spaces were deciding what everybody looked like. They decided what families would look like. They decided what the police would look like. They decided what everything would look like. They were deciding what roles women could play and what roles they would play in the family, what roles they would play in the workplace. And so remember, when you look back on these shows, remember Some of these folks didn't have a choice about the role that they were playing in a particular place and time. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. And, you know, as the years went on, the writing rooms kind of changed because we had more people of color in their writing and the stories changed. But for this period of the 80s, this is what we had and this is what we 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 lived with because they were telling us what to think what to believe and what they thought was right well we want to thank you guys for joining us today on Decades thank y'all for listening thank y'all for listening bye bye TV Talk with the Sisters is produced by Karen J. Anderson music by Karen's friend Dave and Regina Anderson just shows up to talk the The with the they have to they have to with the with the